Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Daily Power Parsha. This is our daily journey into the Torah reading. So this week's Torah portion is Tazria, and a big focus is uh, the is on the laws of Tzarat, this spiritual form of leprosy or this biblical leprosy type thing that had a spiritual cause to it. It wasn't a physical ailment as much as it was a spiritual result of a spiritual malady. All right, so I think we are ready to jump into the text. I'm going to pull it up on my end and share it with you. We're going to start from reading number two, um, as we only got through the first reading yesterday, so we have a lot to talk about. Look at that, Chabad.org loading up ads for us. Super cool. Okay, here we go. All right, Tazria. Reading to Leviticus chapter 13. Oh, you know what? We need to pull it up from the, from the end of the first reading because we've got to get a running start here. The Torah talks about different types of skin um, markings or skin... I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. Skin ailments. And it um, talks about different types of images. When I say images, different types of appearances. And I said yesterday that this Chumash, the Gunnik edition, has a nice uh, translation here that we can use. So he says like this, if a man has on his skin a white blotch, a creamy blotch, or a bright spot, those are Se'et, Sapachat, and Beheret. Okay, so then there's two options. Well, there's really three options, but the Torah talks about two. So number one, um, where it's clear-cut, Sarat. It's like, yeah, that is absolutely, you got it. You have officially been diagnosed as Sarat positive. You, you got it. You got a positive result. In that case, that's verse 3. When the Kohen sees this, he shall pronounce him unclean. Based on certain signs, if that's what the Kohen sees, then he's done. He's fit. In other words, impure. He's got it. He's contracted it. However, if it's a white baharet, right, which is translated as white spot on the skin and its appearance is not deeper than the skin and its hair has not turned white, in that case, it might be tzarat, it might not be. It's pending, pending further evaluation. So then the Kohen quarantines this person for seven days, basically says, okay, you don't go anywhere. In seven days, I need to come back and examine you. Stay put. Don't, uh, don't, 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 go, don't run too far. The seventh day, he comes back to see him, right? Cohen makes a house visit or he visits the Cohen, whatever it is. The Cohen checks it out. And behold, if it's the same, if it's remained the same in its appearance, it hasn't spread, the color hasn't changed, Etc. Then a second quarantine happens, another seven days. Why? Because we still need to know what's going on here. It's still not clear cut. If it's clear cut, it's Tzarat. If it's not clear cut, all right, we did one quarantine. Nothing changed. A second quarantine. Let's continue. This is where we start today. And the coin shall see him on the seventh day. This is Leviticus chapter 13, verse 6. The coin shall see him on the seventh day a second time. Right? Really a third time. Right? Because there was an initial the initial um, uh, examination, then the first seven-day period for the second, at the end of the second, now the, th- now the second seven-day period with the third examination, 
And behold, the lesion has become dimmer and the lesion has not spread on the skin. So then the Kohen shall pronounce the Kohen shall pronounce him clean. So in other words, if after 14 days of quarantine, it's actually receding, it's getting lighter or it's getting dimmer, it's getting less pronounced, and it hasn't spread on the skin, at that point, after 14 days from the original examination, if it hasn't grown, if it's only gotten smaller, good, clean, kosher, you don't have it, you're negative. It is a mispachat. What's mispachat? Mispachat is translated here in this chumash as, give me a second, it's merely a discoloration. It's merely a discoloration of the skin. It's not actually tzarat. That does not cause impurity. It does not cause a person to need to go through the whole ritual, right? But since the person was quarantined, as Rashi points out, he shall immerse his garments and become clean, even though he didn't officially become impure with tzarat, since it was suspected and he was quarantined, he still should go to mikvah and, um, and become pure. However, if the mispachat, that skin discoloration, spreads on the skin after it has been shown to the coin for its purification, yeah, if subsequently it spreads on the skin, it shall be shown to the Kohen a second time. The Kohen shall look at it. And behold, in verse 8, the mispachat has spread on the skin. The Kohen shall pronounce him unclean. It is tzarat. So again, the two words here that we can learn today are mispachat. Well, tzarat, we know. The one word we can learn is mispachat. Mispachat means that it is a suspected tzarat lesion, but one that is ultimately benign. Yes, it's something but it's not actually tzarat. And how do we know this? Because it hasn't spread, the color's becoming dimmer. So yes, a person still, there still is a mikvah involved, but it's not an elaborate tzarat process that requires, as we'll see, a whole bunch of stuff happening. Okay, it's not considered to be. Now you, the question might be, so then why do you need to do anything? If it's not tzarat, then live, live your life. You're negative, you're good. Well, it's not so simple. There was something. That he was quarantined, either for seven days or another seven days, there was a suspicion. So it means kind of like there's still a little bit of, you know, a, there was a little bit of suspicion. Therefore, let's go to mikvah. Not let's, but the person should go to mikvah and then, and then be, uh, be clean. All right, let's continue. Um, verse number nine. Now we're talking about the laws of the white blotch. If a man has a lesion of tzarat, okay? Um, in other words, a suspected lesion. We don't know. He's got something. Maybe it's tzarat, maybe it's not. So he shall be brought to the Kohen. Aha. See, he's brought to the Kohen. The Kohen doesn't make house visits. He visits the Kohen. The Kohen shall look at it. And behold, there is a white se'et on the skin. Se'et means white blotch. I mean blotch, white blotch on the skin, and either it has turned the hair white, or there is healthy live flesh in this eight. Okay? Healthy live skin within the white within the blotch. So in that case, the Torah says, it is old Sarat and the skin of his flesh. 
Yeah, this is... Why'd you only show up now, the Kohen might say. Looks like you had this for a little while, based on the growth pattern over here. And the Kohen shall pronounce him, you guessed it, unclean. It's legitimately Tzarat. He need not quarantine him because he is unclean. In other words, you don't have to quarantine him. To There's two types of quarantining. One quarantine is where you actually banish the person outside the camp because he has Tzarat. But that's not what we're talking about here. So this quarantine means the pending examination. Like, let's wait seven days and then examine you again. He doesn't need to do that because it's 100% Tzarat. No, need, no, no question at all. Okay, next verse. Next verse. Now, what about if the, if the tzarat covers the entire skin? And if the tzarat has spread over his skin, whereby the tzarat covers all the skin of the person with the lesion, from his head to his feet, wherever the eyes of the coming can see it. Imagine, head to toe covered with this white blotch spot, creamy thing, whatever it is. The whole head to toe covered with tzarat. Then the Kohen shall look at it. Once again, it always requires a Kohen, which we'll speak about today. Why? And behold, the Tzarat has covered his flesh. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he ascertains with his uh, expert eye. You got, you're covered with it. So look at this. Look at the, the old reverse psychology. He shall pronounce the person with the lesion clean. He's pure. He's clean. Unbelievable. You have a little blotch. Ah, you're impure. Uh, the whole skin is covered. You're fine. <laughs> Unbelievable plot twist. Unbelievable. Right? Why? Uh, because he's turned completely white. He's clean. He's clean because he's turned completely white. And, and it doesn't make any sense. Right? I've seen insights like this. That when it's a little spot, we have to make a big deal about it so that the person wakes up and realizes you got to change. But if it covers the whole skin, the person already realizes they got to take action. You don't need a whole ritual. Are you with me on this? In other words, the whole tzarat was a wake-up call. Like, hey, buddy, you've been, have you been gossiping, right? It's like, you know, Pinocchio with the nose, right? You know, Pinocchio, every time he lies, like his nose grows bigger. So like, this, every time you say Lashon Hara, boom, right? The skin turns, turns colors. So if it's a small spot, a person might, might be tempted to ignore it. So we say, no, you can't ignore it. You have to be banished outside the camp and it's seven days and whatever it is, it's like a whole process. And then you have to you know, there's a, bring offerings and sacrifices and make a whole big deal about it so that the person like wakes up and gets it. But if the whole skin turns white, the whole skin, the whole skin, you, we, we don't need to do anything. They already got it. They got the message. Uh, you got, they got to clean up their act. They got that message. That's one insight. One insight. In other words, it's easier to brush something under the carpet when it's small. If it's a massive issue, then the person is forced to take care of it on their own. In which case, halacha says, you're fine. Because we know you're going to take care of it anyway. I mean, you can't ignore it. It's so obvious. Again, the subtle things are the, mo are the more dangerous. The subtle, the subtle stumbling blocks. Right? What's more dangerous? An obvious step or the stage of Chabad in Jeff's place, right? You know, what I'm, if you've been there to Jeff's place, you know what I'm talking about. That little, uh, that little stage thing. It's like the floor and then it goes up a little bit to form a stage. Everyone trips over that thing, right? We even painted it in yellow at the corner over there, right? Everyone trips over it. Why? Because it's, it's so subtle. A big step, you'll notice that you're not going to trip over it. A little step, 
So the smaller it is, the more dangerous it is. Same thing with Sarat, the smaller the lesion, the more dangerous it is, and the more care we have to take in order to make sure that it doesn't trip up the person. Okay, now let's get back inside. However, Torah continues verse 14, but on the day that live flesh appears in it, he shall become unclean. If at any point in time, his, the, the full-bodied Tzarat person develops live flesh, that's like healthy flesh, inside in any area of the body, then that renders the person unclean. When the Kohen sees the healthy live flesh, he shall pronounce him unclean. Right, healthy live flesh inside a lesion, that's the sign of Tzarat. The live flesh is unclean, it is Tzarat. But if the healthy live flesh turn, once again turns white, he shall come to the Kohen. And the Kohen shall look at it, and behold, the lesion has turned white. The Kohen shall pronounce the lesion clean. He is clean. So it's interesting. It's, it sounds a little paradoxical. The, what, the white spot, the white, the white blotch, is really only tzarat if it also has the appearance of live flesh inside of it. If it's fully white, if the whole, if the whole person is white, then it's actually, again, paradoxically, not a, not a, uh, not tzarat. Okay. That takes us to the end of the reading. Let's go back and do a little Rashi. Let's see what Rashi has in store for us today. Um, Dimmer. Uh, okay, the name of a clean lesion. Yeah, Mespachat is a clean lesion. It's just a skin ailment. Um, yeah, and Rashi clarifies, since if it's clean, if it's just a Mespachat, why does he... Why does he need to immerse his garments and then become clean? Rashi says, since he was required to be quarantined, he's considered unclean and requires immersion. He's got to go to the mikvah since he was quarantined. Even though it was only suspicion, it turned out not to be a big deal, he's still got to go to the mikvah after that, after that ordeal. Um, okay. So as soon as the co Rashi says, when in a case where it's clear-cut and the coin pronounced him clean, Rashi says, as soon as the coin is pronounced him unclean, he's then definitely unclean. And when he is healed, he requires the bird offering, shaving of the hair, and bringing the sacrifice specified in the section commencing Zot Tiyah Torah which is next week's Torah portion. Mespachat, i.e. this Mespachat is Sarat, it's not Mespachat, it's actually Tzarat. Tzarat... Okay, we're going to get to grammar, masculine, feminine, but we're going to skip that. Here we go. What's the healthy flesh? Rashi says, it means that part of the white in the se'et lesion reverts to appear like healthy flesh. This is also a sign of uncleanness, of impurity. Hence, a sign of uncleanness is either white hair without healthy flesh or an area of normal flesh even without white hair. So those are the two, basically the two signs are you have the white, the white skin, the white uh, patch or blotch of skin, and then either hair inside it, white hair inside it, or healthy flesh inside of it. Okay, it is an old, sorry, it is an old lesion with, which is under the area of normal skin. The wound appears healthy on the surface, but it's full of fluid underneath, so that one should not say, since healthy skin has appeared, I shall pronounce it clean. So there are signs that it's an old, it's an old Sarat that has not yet been diagnosed. Interesting. From his head down to his feet. Whatever the eyes of the Kohen can see it, 
Rashi says, this phrase comes to exclude a Kohen whose eyesight is dimmed, i.e. a Kohen with one blind eye or with impaired vision in both eyes may not pronounce the status of lesions because I guess he can't see. It's kind of obvious. Okay, although, although, um, I'm going to share something else that's going to be fascinating, I think fascinating soon. Okay, um... That one is too detailed for me right now. Um, interesting. Uh, from the middle of this Rashi, the lesson, the bottom line lesson is here. From here we learn that a bridegroom is exempt from having a lesion examined throughout all seven days of the wedding feast from himself, his garments, and his house. Someone who just got married and newlywed don't examine, the Kohen should not examine him. Don't, don't want to ruin the party, in case he asks or us. Um, similarly, during a festival, people are exempt from having the lesion examined throughout all the days of the festival. Don't want to ruin the holiday spirits. Okay, I want to point out something uh, right here. It doesn't necessarily fit right here specifically, but it fits in the entire conversation, i.e. here and also other places. And that is, after much introduction, that is the following. That... Um, they're part of the Tzarat experience that the Torah emphasizes multiple times is the need to have this examined by a Kohen. Halacha says, although Rashi just talked about a, a Kohen whose eyesight is dimmed or who's blind to one eye or who can't see well, um, the law is like this. It must be examined by a Kohen if the only Kohen in town is a child who does not have the know-how, does not have the training to be able to identify based on the color and the size and the shape and the, the hairs and the, did it grow, did it shrink, did it stay the same size? A child does not have this training, right? But the person doesn't know. So Halakha says like this, listen to this. You show it to the child, let's say the only Kohen in the, in the, in the town is a child. You show it to the child along with an expert, someone who's a, a scholar, who know, even though he's not a Kohen, he knows the laws. The scholar then tells the Kohen, the kid, what to say, what to pronounce, and the Kohen kid pronounces it, pure or impure. Are you with me on this? It has to always be pronounced by a Kohen. The words pure or the words impure have to be uttered by a Kohen, even if the Kohen is a child and has no clue why or what or where or when, right? It has to be uttered by the Kohen. Even though the expert, non-Kohen, is making the ultimate determination, but the expression has to be done by a Kohen. Why? Why do we need a Kohen? So I've shared the theme. Um, I think, I want to say even yesterday we talked about this. A Kohen's whole persona is love. A Kohen is marked as, uh, a Kohen, the, the, the hallmark, that's what I was looking for, hallmark of a Kohen is love and care and concern about the other. Caring. We know about Aaron, the high priest. When Aaron passes away, the Torah tells us that everybody mourns for him. The, the, the entire people mourned him, men and women, for 30 days. We don't find this by any other person. And, and our sages tell us why. Because he, oh, he made peace between husbands and wives, between neighbors and friends and acquaintances and business people. He, he, he was a peacemaker. He was um, somebody who, who was always negotiating peace and, and peaceful resolutions. 
That was his deal. So when he passed away, everybody mourned. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a righteous man or pious individual. He was a peacemaker. That was his, that was his gig. That was his deal. Pirkei Avod, in Ethics of the it says, Heavy mitamidav shal Aaron. Be of the students, the disciples of Aaron. Ohev shalom, love peace. Rodev shalom, pursue peace. Ohev sabrios, love the creations. When we carve on the Torah and bring them close to Torah. Aaron, the high priest, Aaron, the high priest, and his descendants, the Kohanim, were all about the love. And thus, they are the only ones qualified to examine the tzarat. Why? Because if a person does have tzarat, you know what happens to them? They're sent outside the camp. They're ex, I mean, can you say excommunicated? Kind of. It's not just quarantined. They are banished. They're cut from the community for about seven days. They're cut from the community for a certain amount of time. I mean, well, sorry, until the Tzarat heals, then you plus a certain amount of time. So they're, they're outside. They're banished outside the community. And then they have to go through a whole process and a ritual of purification that involves birds and sacrifices and shaving the hair. It's a very complicated experience. And it's a difficult experience. And so the Torah is telling us something profound, and that is before you kick someone out, make sure it's coming from a place of love. That's why only a Kohen is valid to do this, valid to make that pronouncement. Because from anyone else, it might be out of harshness or anger or judgment. From a Kohen, you feel that it's coming from a place of love. That's why even if the Kohen is a kid and doesn't have any idea if it's Sarat or not, the expert tells him, but the child, the Kohen, utters it. Because when words come from a Kohen, you can accept it. When the Kohen says, I'm sorry, but you, you, you got to heal outside the camp. You feel it as a productive journey as opposed to we're kicking you out. Right? Like Survivor, you're getting kicked off the island. Yeah, that's harsh. It's not good to hear that. Right? Or The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Yeah. Pick your favorite reality show. So it's not, it's not easy to get kicked off, kicked off the island. Um, you don't get the rose at the rose ceremony. Gewald. Right? It's terrible. It's terrible. Trauma. But when it comes from a Kohen, Kohen that operates out of love, now you can deal with it. Now you can recognize that it's for the good. What's the moral of the story for us? Be a Kohen. Make sure you're a Kohen. Right, a metaphorical Kohen. Before you tell something, someone else something harsh. Before you banish. Before you discipline. Before you say anything that might be construed as harsh or even is harsh. Make sure it's only coming from a place of love. That's the moral of the story. Be a Kohen, only a Kohen. And that type of persona is allowed to do the pronouncement of impure. That has to come from a place of love. Once again, a theme that we find recurring throughout Torah, which is never discipline from a place of anger or you know um, um, irritation or frustration or that sort of thing. This, come, this is true in parenting. It's true in relationships. It's true in, in work relationships, right? Always operate from a place of love and care and then the person will respond. If it's coming from harshness and judgment, either the person says, I don't care what you say because like, I, I reject what you're saying or they're going to say yes 
but in their heart, reject what you're saying. Either way, it's not gonna work. Okay. Make sense? Yeah? All right. Good. The power of the Kohen. Let's see if we can catch up. All right, that concluded reading number two. Let's jump into reading three for Tuesday. Ah, yeah, it's a short one. Okay, Leviticus chapter 13, verse 18. Oh, um, I mentioned something parenthetically, but I feel like I want to just elaborate on it for one second. Back in the day, when Surat was a thing that would happen, so Kohanim, priests, would have to be trained in all the details of Surat and identifying, because people would come to them and be like, hey, you know, is this, do I have it? You would have to know based on the color, the size, the shape, you know, is the skin, does, it, does the lesion look deeper or shallower or not deeper than the, than the skin? Like all of these white hairs, you know, dark, darker hairs in the thing, the healthy skin inside the white area. All of these details have to be known cold by the Kohen to be able to examine and say, it's fine or not fine or we got to check this out. Come back in seven days. The Kohen had to know this. You know, you had to be proficient in these laws. No different than a Rav today, you know, who's proficient in an area of Jewish law. You know, the question is, hey, is this kosher? Is this not kosher? That sort of thing. You know, you, back in the days in the shtetl, not that long ago, they would bring the Kohen the chicken and uh, the shech the chicken and say, hey, was this shech the properly? Is it kosher? Today we buy it, you know, in the packages. But back then you went to a Rav with, with actual, you know, an actual chicken and said, hey, you know, what's, what's, what's the status of this guy? So you have to be able to, to identify on the spot. The Kohen had to identify these lesions on the spot. All right, let's jump in. Reading number three. If a person's flesh has an inflammation on its skin, okay? So um, the way I have it here in the Guna condition is it's an inflammation caused by an infection, okay? And it heals, and on the place of the inflammation, there is now a white se'et, which is a white blotch, or a reddish-white baharet, which baharet here is translated as a spot. So we have a blotch and a spot. So either there's, so again, there was an infection, inflammation, and now there's a white blotch or a reddish-white spot that appears to be streaked. Reddish white, kind of streaked red and white together. So in those cases, it shall be shown to the Kohen. Again, don't go to the dermatologist or the doctor. This is something that only a Kohen can handle. The Kohen shall look at it and behold, its appearance is lower than the skin. I, that means if, I mean, it's, it's giving us a scenario. If its appearance is lower than the skin, it looks deeper. And its hair has turned white inside that area. So the Kohen shall pronounce him unclean. Those are the two signs, right? If, if it, I mean, some of the signs. It looks lower than the skin just based on the, the appearance. The hair has turned white inside that area. That is unclean. It is a confirmed lesion of Tzarat that has erupted on the inflammation. Right? This is not just on like normal skin. This is Tzarat on an inflammation that's coming from an infection. Kavald. But if the coin looks at it and behold, it does not contain white hair, nor does it appear to be lower than the skin, and it is dim. So it's like, eh, I don't know. This is kind of, uh, it looks pretty benign. So then the Kohen shall quarantine him for seven days um, because it's still, he's still not sure. 
It doesn't look, it's not obviously tzarat, so come back in seven days. And if it spreads on the skin, after those seven days with the second examination, the Kohen shall pronounce him unclean. It is a lesion. If it gets bigger, then yeah, that's tzarat. But if the beheret remains in its place, that's the, um, the beheret was the streak, was the reddish white um, spot, streaky spot. If it remains in its place, not spreading, then it is the scar tissue of the inflammation. Uh, now Torah gets into medical, uh, medical uh, examination, um, conclusions, right? That's not Sarat. That's standard scar tissue from the inflammation. That's the result of the inflammation. That's an infection. That's normal. And the Kohen shall pronounce them clean. There you go. So now we know what happens in this case. It's fantastic. All right, let's pull up Rashi um, on this. Here we go. Inflammation. This term, um, Shechin, Shechin, by the way, Shechin, you know where we had that before? Ten plagues. The plague of boils was called Shechin. So here we have it again, the same word. Shechin means infection. Denotes heat. That the flesh became heated by an injury caused to it by a blow, not by fire. So it's not actually fire, but it's an injury. Oh, interesting. It doesn't necessarily say infection here. It could be like a bruise. Maybe. That's what it sounds like. Um, heated by the injury caused it by a blow. Okay. In the good condition, it talks about an infect. It says infection in the parentheses. I'm not sure where he got that. Maybe in, maybe in the Talmud Chulin 8a, maybe it clarifies there. All right. Let's, uh, let's assume it's an infection because I'm sure they knew what they were talking about here. So the inflammation healed and in its place, another lesion appeared, right? So that, that's the old double whammy. So you start off with an infection, a skin issue, and then on top of that now, like, uh-oh, is this Saras? Um, okay, and what happens? A reddish, there, either, there's either a white uh, blotch or a reddish white beheret, meaning, Rashi says, that the lesion is not solid white, but streaked and blended of two colors, white and red. Honestly, that still sounds infected, but that's just me. Next, um, its appearance is lower than the skin, but its substance is not lower. Now, it's not actually lower, it's just based on visual appearance, it looks lower. Rather, because of its whiteness, the lesion only appears lower and deeper than the skin, just as sunlight appears deeper than a shadow. There you go. Now you have, um, now you have an experiment, uh, a field trip. Next time you go outside, take a look at the ground and find a shadow and light and see if the sun appears deeper than the shadow. It's an interesting visual description. Basically, when I guess when there's a white splotch on the skin, you look at the skin, the skin is a little bit darker, it's not like perfectly white, right? So then you look down and you see that it, it looks like the white, it almost looks like it's an embossed, like a little bit deeper than the rest. That's a sign of, um, of Tzarat. It is a lesion, Rashi says, uh, uh, the Torah says, Rashi explains, um, oh no, it's a masculine, feminine, uh, it's, it's a grammar one. We're not going to do that one. Let's continue. Scar tissue. So if it doesn't spread, etc., then it's just scar tissue. That means rashes a residual impression of the inflammation identifiable on the flesh, i.e. a scar. It's just a scar. It's white. Yeah, it's a scar. It is scar tissue. Shriveling. It was the skin, right? when you get a scar, it, it's, it's white. That's, that's what a scar looks like. Okay, so it's not Sarat, it is a scar. All right, so that concludes uh, the readings for today. We're going to stop right here. I think, you know, look, we got a lot of technical information. 
The one insight that I wanted to share was about the Kohen and the role of the Kohen. And the takeaway message is before we chastise, criticize, discipline, speak harshly, banish, you know, whatever it is, let's make sure it's only coming from a place of love and make sure that the other one knows that coming from a place of love. One of the greatest uh, sources of harm is harshness that is perceived as just being harsh. It traumatizes kids and adults, you know, no one's immune to this, right? Getting yelled at or shouted at or, or criticized and you feel bad inside and whatever it is, it could all be avoided. I don't, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but it could all be avoided if whoever's doing the criticizing, correction, disciplining, whatever, actually did it from a place of love, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt. Just anecdotally, there's a tons of videos of people coming to the Rebbe for, at various occasions. I mean, obviously weekdays when they could film and you know, asking advice and whatever it is and, or, or, or giving the Rebbe nachas and, and uh, you know, uh, saying, hey, you know, this is what I accomplished. This is what, I, this is what we did. And so many times the Rebbe would, you know, push back and say, you know, I think somebody once said, oh, we're pledging a million dollars to, you know, education, whatever it is. The Rebbe smiled and said, you expect me to be satisfied with a million dollars? But it was like, it was a little bit, it was a critique, but it came from a place of love. And it came from a belief that you could do better. It's not like, oh. It's hard for me to explain. You, you know when somebody is actually disappointed and you feel bad and it hurts? The Rebbe wasn't like disappointed. The Rebbe was encouraging someone to reach in and pull something deeper out. Not only with money, with anything. A mitzvah, with, with, with learning, Torah study, whatever it was. Always encouraging more. But from a positive place. Not guilt, not negativity, not judgment, not harshness, not anger, not nothing, not irritation, frustration. No. Positivity. That's why the Rebbe could tell this person, like, you expect me to be happy with a million dollars. And they're all, and they're smiling, they're laughing, like, every, like everyone gets it. And they up to play, you know, and, and I don't know exact story, but like, you know, presumably they would say, you know what, you're right, let me give a little bit more. But it's done from a place of, Positivity and love. We get so much further in life when we do this. It's not, but it's not just a strategy. It really should be organically part of who we are. And, and I think the, the other message is, if we're not a Kohen in this moment, then don't pronounce someone unclean. That's really what it is. Like, don't say the words unclean unless you are channeling your inner Kohen. Otherwise, wait, right? It's better to wait and do whatever it takes to get yourself in that space and then operate from there. The worst time to correct or discipline or whatever it is to criticize, I, critique, maybe a better word, is when you're like, when you're, you know, you're anxious, when you're frustrated, when you're angry, when something, that's the worst time. Wait, stay, look, sometimes you can't wait. Child runs, runs into the street, then you're like, you, you, you get their attention and get them to get out of the street. Obviously, sometimes you have to do correction on the spot and you may raise your voice a little bit and whatever it is. But by and large, correction should happen from a place of love and positivity and a sense that that person feels like you believe in them. You believe in them maybe more than they believe in themselves.
then you'll get the results that you're looking for. But not only as a strategy, don't, this is not just a, a hack. This is like, it's gotta be genuine because people see through artificial stuff. Okay, any other thoughts or comments before we close it out for today? That's it, all right? Sounds good. Sounds like Rabbi, yes. What if the Kohen does not have those innate traits? Yeah, that's a problem. Kohen had to. They had to. What if they didn't? Well, I mean, they had to go back to Kohen school. You know, they trained for years before they could serve. Oh, oh okay. A Kohen was only allowed to serve. I want to say. 25, 30 years old. There was years of training. Years okay, of training. I was thinking more, that makes sense. I'm thinking more, how are these attributes uh, today, uh, someone that's a Kohen, I'm saying. It's yeah, like, uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, not, not all, Co listen, I'm not I'm criticizing Kohen, but yeah, it's, it's something that, and, and even then, you can't magically just like, oh, I'm a nice guy. But it, it would have to be something, a perspective, something to work on and something to feel and something to really embrace. And it would well, take... It was a learned thing. Yeah. yeah, you could also develop that. There's an interesting story. There was one time um, a, a woman, a young woman, wrote a letter to the Rebbe saying that she's concerned about getting married because she doesn't consider herself, because she's not a patient person. So what's going to happen? I'm going to get married. And, you know, and, and then maybe I have children and I'm not a patient person. It's going to be a disaster. It's like, I feel bad for my husband and my future kids. Like, what, what are they going to do if I'm, if I'm so, like, you know, impatient? So the Rebbe told her, I'm trying to remember what the advice was, but it was something about, like, um, I want to say maybe even, like being a waiter at your school, like serving food or maybe serving food other places, volunteering somewhere or volunteering to help, you know, out in a school. I don't, it was some sort of like, just start putting yourself in that position of helping and being generous of your spirit and your time. And that will help develop that trait of, you know, love, giving, compassion and patience within you. In other words, even if you're not predisposed, pre, pre, wow, that was weird, predisposed, I think is the word, to that, even that's not your, your natural inclination, but you can develop that with intentionality and with, with doing work in that, in that area. So I, oh, I found that to be interesting, even, even, even though I can't remember the exact details, but the concept, I think, is fascinating. Anyway, today, just because the person has the last name Cohen, doesn't necessarily mean, you know, whatever. It's, everything's, it's all choice. Every person is different. You can have a Kohen who might be a little bit harsh and a non-Kohen, right? Who could be very nice. So your mileage may vary. But this is a defining feature of what a Kohen at least ought to be and what in turn we all ought to be as we are um, potentially pronouncing people impure, needing of being fixed or fixing or repair. If that's the pronouncement, make sure you're a coin first. Okay. All right, we'll see y'all. Tonight we have an incredible You Be The Judge class. Join us tonight at 8 p.m. 
tomorrow DPP, standard, uh, standard time. Wednesday, a Torah studies. What do we have? Thursday, Thursday, regular DPP. I don't think there's anything Thursday night this week. And then stay tuned for more excitement next week. We have book club on Sunday and RCS Monday night. Rosh Hashanah Society, all about kindness, by the way. This month's theme for Rosh Hashanah Society, the, the women's class, is all about kindness and, um, and generosity. Chesed, from a Jewish perspective. Okay, all right. That's all the uh, public service announcements that are fit to print. We'll see you all soon. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you, Rabbi. Pleasure. Bye, Sarah. Bye, Donna. Bye, Joy. Take care.